0: Welcome back to Real to Real with Michelle and Peter. I'm Michelle. I'm Peter. Welcome to Real to Real with Michelle and Peter.
1: And today we have with us Christy Crandall. Welcome. Hi, welcome. Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: (laughs) No, not a problem. We've heard such wonderful things about you and we cannot wait to hear what you have going on. Let our friends listening know
1: about you and what. Let's start. Tell us about you. Sure, sure. Okay, so um, let's see. I'm from Santa Rosa, California, um, which is north of San Francisco. And I was raised between there and Bodega Bay. So kind of the cool thing about it was Growing up near Bodega Bay was my backyard was the, the beach. That was my playground. Nice. So that was normal for me. Yeah. But I was a very lucky girl. Um, I grew up around my 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 dad and my stepmom, and they were photographers in the art industry and um well known at the time. And I just learned to love photography and the arts just from them. They showed me so much. And they kind of molded me into what I am today. Um, my dad was in the military for a while and he used to tell me these great stories about how, you know, the things he did and how it was. And so I wanted to join. And when I was 17, my dad had to, um, sign a contract so that I can go in because <laughs> oh, I wasn't because you were 18. under 18. Yeah. 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 So neat. I started out as a helicopter mechanic at 68 in November, did a lot of flying That was a lot of fun and Chinooks and Blackhawks and OH-58 Deltas and Hueys and whatever. Um, But after a while, I I couldn't get over my fear of heights. So I said, well, let me change my job. I want to do something different. So I reenlisted. I was enlisted at the time. I reenlisted to be an x-ray tech. Oh, I thought, you know, that'd be a great job later on in life. Yeah. Six months into it, I was like, I can't stand the blood. I can't can't do this. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, stupid
2: stupid question. Yeah. There's blood with x rays? Are you saying just the people were. Well,
1: Well, I'm sure with broken bones, right? Broken bones, open fractures. I worked at um, Richland Memorial Hospital as well, where they had a gunshot wound victim and they did a open heart massage on him. And I was part of that, just, you know, taking the, the, um, blood transfusions and just squeezing it into his body as fast as we could go. Ooh. Um, it's it too much for me. Oh, was, wow. I, yeah. So I decided I would apply for a green to gold hip pocket scholarship from Lieutenant Jim O'Reilly. It was a new program at the time. And, um, there was 42 applicants. I went to seven boards. I went to seven boards wow. and passed each one, one, each one, got to the end with 42 other competitors and he only had five and he had to pick five of us. Well, I remember the day standing in line with all these Rangers and special forces and, you know, people that were like all high speed and stuff. And I was thinking, I'm never going to win this board. I'm never. And um, next thing you know, they announced my name and he only selected two of us. Oh wow. Uh-huh. He only gave out two and I was one of them. So I was very excited about that. And it really made me realize that um all the hard work I've been doing really was paying off. Cause I was going to school at night. I was getting up early to do PT in the morning, working until about you know five or six PM and then going to school to 10. And um it was a challenge. So from there I went off to Um, college and I finished my bachelor's degree. And then the army brought me back in as an officer and um, saw fit to make me an HR, (laughs) which was not my choice, but I had a good time doing it. It's AG. Um, I did a lot of paperwork stuff, a lot of, you know, awards, processing and whatever, but I did a lot of casualty as well. And um, that was tough. So when people would pass away, it was my job to go to the family to either do the notification within four hours of the death or to take care of the family up to six months afterwards. So you're planning for the funeral. You're taking care of all the details. Um, And I did that a number of times. So um, it was very rewarding because it's really hard to suffer a death and to have someone as a helping hand to come in and say, I'm here to help you. Um, it fostered a lot of great friendships between me and these families to this day, we still talk. That's amazing. So I did that and then retired in 2012 after 20 plus years in the army. And um, I was in Savannah, Georgia, retired out of Fort Stewart, uh, Georgia. And decided that at that point to, to kind of pursue my passion in the art industry. I've always wanted to be like a PAO in the army, which is a public affairs officer. They kind of do like the news and all that stuff and the videography. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do that, but I couldn't. So uh, when I retired, I met a guy that was doing headshots for my kids. And he said, why do not you try background acting? I said, okay, I'll I'll try that. Um, That might be kind of fun. Now, um, I was in Savannah at the time, and that's like Little Hollywood. They have a lot of films going on over there. Um, So I started doing it, and it was fun for a while. You did a lot of waiting, a lot of sitting around, a lot of sitting (laughs) in the corner eating a sandwich in the background. You know, it's the girl in the corner. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It was fun, but it just, after a while, I did 30-something films like that. Um, And I decided I wanted to be behind the camera. Oh, I wanted to be like somebody part of the crew. I don't know if I was doing lighting or I was doing boom op or if I wanted to do the cinematography. I just wanted to be a little bit of everything. And so I used my HR background and got into producing. So like executive producing stuff like that has a lot of it has to do with, um, you know, with the logistics and administrative. Oh, I stuff. see.
2: Mm-hmm. That makes yeah. sense.
1: Um, so I did that, and my very first film is called My Brother's Keeper. Um, was a great success. It went to Cannes Film Festival, non-competitive, but it went to France. It went to a bunch of different U.S. film festivals. It won a Telly Award. Won the Christian uh, Film Festival just did really, really well. So that was like a big boost for me to say, you know, I'm I'm a nobody. I came from California in this dinky city. And I joined the army. I made it to major. And then I went off and did a film and it did really well. And I just kept plowing ahead. I just started making more films, mostly shorts. Um on some of the feature films I worked on, I was like a production coordinator, like a UPM. Um, which is like the office work, all the office stuff, doing the contracts, doing all the scheduling, that sort of thing. And I I was really good at that, but I liked the short films better because I got to be playing with the camera (laughs) and playing with the crew and having a good time and doing some directing and producing. And that was very rewarding. So, um, moved to San Antonio. I did a number, I was living in Huntsville, Alabama at the time, did a number of shorts there. Um, Worked on zero with SRK, which was fun. He's like India's Brad Pitt. <laughs> nice, <laughs> Bollywood. Yeah, it was great. And, um, and then I moved to San Antonio. And I, I since I've been here, I've done uh, a voiceover. I was I did a, worked on a a couple films so far. I did a commercial. Um, I'm doing a lot of writing lately. I noticed that. I want to write my own screenplays. Amazing. Um, A lot of it is reflections of just like, you know, I I would love to be able to put in a script what it's like to be a woman in the army. And to work your way through the ranks and all the challenges and trials and tribulations that you face um, to to move forward. You know, I would love to to get into that. But really, for me, it's about just trying to help others um, move their mountains you know, just being able to talk to people and tell them your life isn't over. You have so much more to do. And all you have to do is get up and do it. If you have a dream, make it happen. Um, If you're inspired to get up in the morning, that means you've got goals, get up and achieve them. You know, that's, that's kind of my attitude. So um, I was able, I think my most rewarding thing was I was able to talk to a number of soldiers that were on the brink of quitting. And I, I would mentor them and Bring them back, you know, and then they go off and soar. And that is so rewarding watching somebody else just do so well. But that's where I am today.
0: Well, first of all, thank you for the service that (laughs) you've given. Like, that is just amazing. It's wonderful. I love that. I love that you're a cheerleader for people that are kind of doubting their place and you help them find their place again. That's
2: down their ability. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: so hard to do because some people, once they fall into that funk, that rut, it's like, it takes an awful lot to bring them back. And if you can do that for people, you have a talent that is unmeasurable. So I had,
1: I had an officer, I had an officer in the army. She was a, a great person. Um, she worked with me for a while. And then she did an admin move down to battalion level. And while she was there, she started to butt heads with her boss. And he, um, let's just say he made her life miserable. (laughs) It was tough on the poor girl. And to the point where she decided to resign and get out of the army. So I said, no, when I heard this, I said, no, no, no. What's happened? What's gone on? So I went down to the battalion from brigade level and I talked to the battalion commander and I said, give her to me. I will give you a lieutenant who's doing really well in exchange for her. Um, We'll do a swap personnel swap. And just, just let me, the worst thing that can happen is she resigns and I'm out an officer. So he said, okay, sure. We'll take the lieutenant brand new person, you know, no problem. Um, So I take her back in and I worked with this individual. She inspired me. She became like, we had the same birthday too, which is really funny, but she became my right-hand man or woman. And she just was amazing. She ended up staying in. And retiring herself as a major, almost making lieutenant colonel. So the thing is, is that, you know, it's, it's really, when you're faced with challenges, they're not, um, it's not that it, you can't overcome them. You can. It's just a matter of, of believing in yourself. And that's where she needed to go.
2: It's crazy to hear a story like that, where somebody was on the brink of how long was the person in the army for, um, at that time where she was considering resignation?
1: Uh, 14 years.
2: Wow. No, 13, wow.
1: 13 to 14. I can't remember. Very close. I mean,
2: you're, you're past that halfway point And then you're, you're almost three quarters of the way to that full military retirement. Yeah. And then it it's got to seem like so much time left, especially when you're in a negative situation like that. And you said you, you were definitely mentoring her. Were there opportunities for her to improve or was it just a more of an issue where her-
1: Personality clash.
2: Her supervisor was awful or both?
1: I think, I think it's really rare to be able to clash with a person like her. Um, she's very giving and very open and very knowledgeable. I just think it was a- um, an age thing and I think a level of toxicity existed down in that battalion uh, and I think it was a matter of that her boss was younger than her and didn't want to recognize that she might know something so he eventually moved on and you know went his way but um, everything was repaired after that
2: It's very short-sighted
1: it
0: is I'm really glad that you guys did the personnel swap Because I feel like it benefited both of you, you and her.
1: It benefited me greatly. She, she would make, uh, she made a book and she called it my alternate brain book because I would be so forgetful on things. There's so much going on. You get overwhelmed. So she would just take notes and put it in the brain book and then I could just like review it and I'm good. Okay. Now I can go in that briefing.
0: (laughs) I love that. I need one of your other (laughs) sites. She was fantastic. Yes. Now, did the lieutenant that you swapped for her, did he do well under the other leadership?
1: Yes. No problems there. No, no issues at all. I don't know what it was. I think that um, some, the battalion commander was stellar. It was the um, uh, subordinate to him. And I think that that subordinate got mentored before the lieutenant got down there if you know what I mean. I do, I do.
2: Yeah. A conversation was had about how to talk to people and treat the people beneath you.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Oh,
0: yep. Now let's hop over to your photography really quick. What are some of your favorite subjects to capture? Like, do you have something oh, cool. you, you like to take photographs of more than others?
1: Selfies. No, I'm kidding. Selfies. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> let's see. You know, I love still photography. Mm-hmm. I um, I love taking pictures of like things like flowers and and mountains and whatever. But my children are typically my biggest subject. So yeah. I, I have four. I have four. Four kids. Four. Uh huh. My oldest is 23, and then I have a 19-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a 13-year-old. Stop. And they're family.
2: How do, you do, how do you do still photography with children?
1: You don't. <laughs> oh, she, she's, she's, my daughter, especially, is wonderful. Fair. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. Now, do you, yeah. did you do um, the older children? Did you do their senior portraits for them or did you take them somewhere to have them done?
1: Oh, no. I didn't take them anywhere to have them yeah. done. My older two, um, I did it myself. Yes. I love that. That's yes. awesome.
2: She almost looked offended. That I you was would...
1: just curious. <laughs>
2: Have you not been listening to me? Those I'm schools, a photographer. Look,
0: those schools love to push that down your throat, like whatever company they it's use.
1: True, That is so true. And you get all of this material that the kids bring home and solicitations. And then you feel so uncomfortable. And you're like, well, and the kid's like, please. Well, Only
0: friends come. are, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'll win a prize. Oh, I hate that. Yo. Oh, man. <laughs>
2: When you, when you retired uh, out of the Army, did you know right away what you were next, uh, what you were going to do next? Or was there a little bit of a, okay, well, I'm a civilian now. So this is weird.
1: You know, I'll tell you a little story. So when I, I little started, stories. when I retired from the Army, I had actually lined up a job with the Army as a civilian. And I had put all my eggs in one basket. And I really thought I was going to get this job. I was so excited. I'd been, you know, gotten so far and I thought, you know, this is going to be wonderful. I interviewed for it. They said, yes, they offered me the job. Everything was like perfect. And then I announced it on Facebook. I got a job within hours. I get a call from them and they say, we're so sorry. I'm like, for what? And they're like, we have to offer the job to a civilian that's coming back from overseas. They have return rights over you. So here I am. I'm like, "Oh man, that really crushed me. It crushed me and at that point, that given moment, I'm like, what am I going to do? I had planned on this one job. I hadn't tried for a bunch of others cuz they promised it to me. So, I went through a period of time, maybe a month or so, of at first it's fun. You have you don't have to get up for PT, you don't have to, you know, go to formation, you don't have to go Listen, say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, nothing, right? Nothing. It was great. But after a while that started to get to me. And what I what I started to do was suffer a little bit. And it was kind of like in reflection of saying, well, I used to be somebody and now nobody needs me. Nobody. And the one job I had didn't want me. So what what am I going to do? And it became this, this point in my life where I had to really focus on what my future would hold. And the first thing I, the day that I recognized that I looked at my kids and I said, you know what, the one thing I want to be remembered for is for being a good mom, forget everything else. So let's focus on that because we've been a military family. You see, my ex-husband was in the army as well for 26 years and we were both in with four kids, um, trying to handle it all and juggle it all. And I was going to school and he was going to school and he was deploying and things were happening. And it's always fast paced. And daycare had pretty much raised my kids. And I said, no, I want to be there for them. And that became my focus for a while. That was great. And I even to the point where the next job I applied for was as a JROTC instructor at the high school so that I can hang out with them. (laughs) That's great. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And we had the best time. My oldest son, Egan, and I. Oh, my goodness. I would go and teach the classes. He'd swing by. They'd call me major mom. Yeah. You sound like a Disney movie. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. I had a good time, but it was like so inspirational.
2: And that's the title of this episode. Major Mom. Hanging out with Major Mom. Love
1: it. <laughs> that's better than, I'll tell you this. This is kind of funny. My uh, When I was a kid, my dad used to call me Pooh Bear because I loved Winnie the Pooh.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean,
1: Winnie the Pooh was like the man. And... I just, everything I have is Winnie the Pooh. So that kind of got shortened down to Pooh. So then he called me Major Pooh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I like Major Mom better, personally. Yes, Major Pooh here, Major Pooh. He still calls, calls me that. That's he, he laughs, he laughs. Yeah, I love my dad. He's pretty cool. Yeah. So oh.
2: exiting the army, become the best mom. And then you decide to start doing um, some of the extra work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was in, um, so, you know, I was in like the do over with Adam Sandler. I was in um, Lead by night with Ben Affleck, the detour by Samantha B and just on and on and on. And there's probably about 30 of them. I have wrote them down at one point, but I forgot most of them now, <laughs> but I have a list of them. Um, my very, <laughs> yeah, my very first one was called siren and, um, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I didn't know what to do. So I just did what everyone else did. You know, we had to run through a house screaming and, and, you know, it was like this haunted house, demonic possessed house and run out the front door screaming. And I fell and it was a big mess, but, um,
2: were you supposed to fall? It was in the script. No. Wink,
1: wink, wink. <laughs> was the script. Trust me. No, but Ooh, she gets re- a,
2: stunt bonus. Oh, a stunt
1: bonus. Yes. they were like that was great we needed that i'm like thanks and i'm like
2: hobbling away (laughs) blood sweat and tears for this role to do
1: that (laughs) yeah oh gosh that was fun but i did quite a few of them and savannah just had you can have a job every day just about working his background or doing something on crew how does someone actually
0: find that kind of work if they're looking
1: Sure. So, um, there's different casting opportunities. It's all Facebook, mm-hmm. it's all on Facebook. So you follow these Facebook pages and there's like Savannah's, um, filmmakers extras pool, and then they'll post jobs there. And then you just go and apply, send in your, your headshot and your demographics and say, I'm so tall and whatever, and this is what I look like. And then they choose you or they don't. And, um, off you go. So, I was, uh, I got to be a stunt driver once in zero. So there's this fun, it was fun. Oh my gosh. I was (laughs) going to run over somebody. I wasn't, no, I was driving. So there's this girl in a wheelchair in one of the scenes, and she's just like chugging down the road in her wheelchair. She's going real fast. Right. And they wanted me to come flying up behind her in my car, swerve around her and then take a quick left. I said, okay, no problem. <laughs> I can do that. I can do that. And I did it. And you can see their eyes. Because as I swerved around her and cut her off, I was driving straight at the crew. Oh, no. And their eyes were huge. And they're like, turn, turn, turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm turning. Oh, it was great. It was great. I had to do it twice, but I got it. The first time was, you know, the, the, the shot, but they wanted one for safety. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I got to be a stunt driver. So I'm in the movie as the stunt driver. <laughs> that must have been awesome. Oh, gosh, it's been an adventure. It's been now, an adventure.
0: When you work on these movies, do you actually get to interact with like your main stars? Or is it something where you're kind of kept apart from?
1: Typically, you're kept apart, you know, um, because people, even if your background, a lot of times people will try to abuse that and go and strike up a conversation, use up their time, ask for autographs, whatever. But more often than not, they're kind enough, they'll come over and they'll actually engage you. And um, I remember sitting in, in the do over, I was in the hospital scene. And <laughs> I was sitting against the wall and I look up and there's Adam Sandler sitting about 15 feet ahead of me, facing me, just staring me down. <laughs> I was like, uh, hello. And I put up my hand and kind of like waved a little bit. like hi. And he waved back and I was so excited about that. I was like, Oh my God. But I did get to shake his hand and meet him later. So that was, that was pretty cool. He's a great guy. Nice.
2: Very cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 But um,
0: I love that piece of art behind you.
2: I wasn't going to oh. ask her about it.
0: That's yeah. just, that's gorgeous.
1: It, so my, I'm a collector. My favorite artist, I have two. My favorite artist is Brian McGregor out of Savannah, Georgia. Um, he has his own art gallery. He does murals. He does, I mean, a lot of great stuff. And he did that. It's kind of like a mermaid kissing a man um, where it's like water meets fire. hmm and it's called the lovers and it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful piece. And what he does is he, he collects people's dreams. So they'll write them out on a little piece of paper and then he'll take that piece of paper and he'll kind of shred that the corners, make it look old. And then he'll lacquer it on a piece of wood and then he'll go and he will paint over it. Some kind of scene. And that's oh, what he did in that one. Yes. That's
0: great. My, I other, that.
1: my other favorite artist. I'm going to try to turn my computer so you can see. It's an abstract by Calvin Woodham, Calvin Thomas. He goes by Calvin Woodham. Um, he does a lot of his own stuff. Well, obviously his own stuff, but. <laughs> <laughs> he, does he does a lot of, lot of people's stuff too. <laughs> he does a lot of beautiful work. Um, just what he does is he lets the paint flow where it wants to go and then he turns the frames different directions and then it comes out with this masterpiece and don't touch it up with a paintbrush or whatever he needs to do but yeah he, he does some great work as well yeah so that's that
0: one's acrylic like it's a paint pour technique
1: yes yes
0: yeah that's that's beautiful too the colors are great
1: blue and green uh huh yeah yeah Makes that was a- feel
0: <laughs> very I should be by the water yeah behind you you're by the water so i mean you just you got a whole vibe going which is great what's
2: well, what happens when you grow up with a beach, beach for a backyard. a backyard
1: yeah yeah lucky <gasps> i'll tell you i'll tell you though some things washed up on that beach that you wouldn't want to see
2: i Ooh. mean like
1: yeah no Fair. it was just, like dead dogs and weird stuff my brother Aww. and i would be trying to bury the poor dog oh gosh we need to have like um You'd have like, you know, just nets and things like that from people that were fishing. We clean it up and then we go play and have a good time, look in the tide pools, mm. jump, pick up the starfish, get stung by sea urchins.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. that does not sound fun at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I and
2: had that's- a very different yeah. vision in my head about this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Pristine water, clean sand.
1: No, nope. it was it was it was beautiful though. I mean, we we lived on that top of a cliff okay. and it dropped off to the beach. So we would have to climb down the cliff to get to the beach. And it was just crashing waves, ice cold water. My, um, my dad and my great uncle used to go fishing, surf, perch fishing in, in waders that were up to their hips. Right. And they catch these fish. And my job was to put them in a bucket and run them up the cliff to my grandma so she can skin them and, you know, make them ready for dinner. Yeah. I I didn't want to do that. I no, I wanted to save the poor fish. So I would be like, okay, I put water in there and then I put the fish in there and then I'd be like, okay, I'm gonna go do it. And I run them upstairs and I put them in the bathtub and turn on the water and try to save the fish because fish are friends, (laughs) food, you know. (laughs) The poor thing would die anyway because it's fresh water. Oh no. (laughs) Now, how steep was this cliff like how far oh, yeah. of a perpendicular Ooh. and then you have to we had carved out like stepping stones to get up to the top so you you had to hang on to a rope while you went down Ooh. which was no big deal for a six-year-old I was like yeah sure okay that's true Six, I I could do anything. I was invincible. (laughs) Weren't
0: we all at six? Then we learned that things break and you don't always bounce.
1: (laughs) 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 Man. Yeah, but that was I have a lot of great memories from my childhood. I have an older brother, he lives in Colorado now. Mm -hmm. And um we just we just had the best times together. I was like friends. Yeah. That's great. Except for the times fighting.
0: Do you get to visit him there or does he visit you where you are?
1: Um, the last time I saw him was actually, it's been a couple of years pre pandemic. Yes. And just life, you know, Mm -hmm. and I haven't been out to Colorado yet, but I want to go. He's, he's considering a move himself. He might go to Tennessee or New York because he loves, um, he loves fishing to this day and he has a touring company. So what he does is he, he takes people, they, they come to the city and they go on a fishing trip with them. And it's, you know, a lot of fun. So um, he's thinking about moving to Tennessee or New York. I said Tennessee because it's closer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Tennessee. Tennessee.
1: Yeah, Tennessee's beautiful.
0: I mean, New York definitely has its beautiful spots.
1: Does it? I've it never does. been, so I can't compare, unfortunately. I've We're been lifers. So <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, I think, I think the worst part's probably how cold and snowy you can get here in the winters. That's probably the worst part about being New York, because we're we're Central New York, so like we're like up there by way of like what Rochester's past us, Buffalo's past mm-hmm. us, and then before you know it, you could be in Canada. So I mean, we
1: get some we get some snow.
2: We're in the snow I- belt.
1: I've had a lot of friends that were stationed at Fort Drum. Oh, okay. up
2: yeah. the Watertown. So they town.
1: loved yeah. it. They loved yeah. it. Yeah. They were like, this is so cool. It's beautiful. So sure. I mean, and the
0: further down you go, I mean, like if you're in like the Hudson Valley, Catskill region, I mean, the mountains, like the scenery is just gorgeous. And what I appreciate about New York is like, we really do. We get to experience all four seasons where. Yeah. Oh, I miss yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Do we way.
0: Well, I mean, some of them are shorter than others, but we do get the experience like it's OK.
2: Fair. <laughs> um, I have a question. So you had said that now you've been doing a lot of writing lately, and I think you said that you wanted to start um, maybe even do a story about um, what it would be like for someone in the army. Um, just that experience. It, Is there anything out there now? Like, is there a movie that you can think of that maybe touched on some of your experiences or what it's like being a woman in in the military? Because the only thing I can think of is like maybe G.I. Jane. And I I don't even know if that's
1: Uh, anywhere close. uh, Sure. Um, (laughs) Most of the movies, in fact, I think almost all of them are about war, war fighting movies. And that's not what it's all about. It's not, um, I don't want to say the army is a nine to five job or like any other corporation out there, but it typically will, is very structured and you, you go in and you do PT in the morning and then you work all day and then you get off, you go home like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that there's a film out there about that, but, and That's I am going to, um, but the trials and tribulations that a, a woman faces, cause it is a man's army how difficult it was, that's what I'd like to hone in on, how difficult it was to navigate through the military as a woman and still get promoted like everybody else and still get the same evaluations and the same awards, just like everybody else. How much harder did we have to work or equally did we have to work in order to make that happen? Um, there's times I remember standing in front of my brigade commander with my XO and my S3 on either side of me, they both ma- males, And my brigade commander asking a question of me and he would look to them for the answer. And I would have to say it and then they would reiterate what I said for him to actually hear me. So that's a challenge in itself. Um, But yeah, it was it was very, very difficult. There was I had great commanders, though. Oh, my gosh. Some of them were wonderful. I had some of the best mentors out there that were like, just embrace it. You can do it. You can make it. You're going to be the best. You're going to get where you need to go. Um, And I still keep these people in my life today. Just great, great people.
2: Male mentors, female or both?
1: Both. Both. One of my friends when I was uh, a captain, she was a major. She went on to become a one-star general.
2: That's awesome. And
1: she's the adjutant general of the army now. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm so proud of her. She's amazing.
2: In your time at the Army, I mean, so long, uh, 20 years, I have to imagine you had to have at least seen even a, a, a bit of a culture shift where maybe it was becoming easier from where you started to where you ended or I mean, not so much.
1: No, there was there's was a significant shift, you know, because when I joined, it was 1990. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have stress cards that they came out with later. Um, you know, there, there wasn't EO existed, but equal opportunity existed, but it wasn't as predominant as it is today. Um, we lived in the barracks where now they have the boss program, better opportunity for single soldiers. They came in and said, you can't do like, they don't do inspections anymore. Um, they don't do, you can have like civilian linens on your bed, that sort of thing. Back in my day, you couldn't have that. You couldn't have that. Um, Wall locker inspections every Thursday or Friday or, you know, at four in the morning, if they felt like it, that doesn't exist anymore. Um, Then there's also been a shift where they have gotten a little bit more away from corporal punishment and more towards let's mentor and guide our soldiers. Let's spend time molding them and talking to them to influence them to do what we want them to do, as opposed to just saying, go do it. Um, And then if you don't do it, you get in trouble. It's more of a if it's more fluid and it works better that way. Um, It is an easier, kinder army, but I'm not going to say the army today is is easy. It's not the army, the military itself is very difficult, you know, but um, probably the most rewarding time of my life. And it took a lot for me to deprogram when I got out. Um, become a civilian, think like a civilian, talk like a civilian without saying, huh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Yes, sir, okay. um, yeah, I, I, it took a while for me to kind of reacclimate to become a civilian. Um, but once that happened and I did my transition, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and I'm very grateful for the things I learned and the mentors I had, because a lot of my successes today are because of them. And what they taught me or how they made me to be. What they created in me. So, yeah.
2: Your desire to to be a motivational speaker and to inspire others. Was that pretty much brought on by the experiences you had with your mentors? Seeing what they did for you. Nurtured that part in you where you wanted to share it with others.
1: Absolutely. It It was that. And it was. A lot of it was um, just having the opportunity to talk to soldiers that were failing or having a hard time in the military and just with a key, couple of key phrases, some words of encouragement. It would, I, I can watch them soar. I had one guy, um, I won't mention any names, but he, you know, he was, oh my gosh, he knew his job so well. He was really, really good at his job. However, he was overweight according to army standard. And so the army decided, the captain that was in charge of him decided to chapter him out because of that. So we were going to lose this raw talent, this guy that worked endlessly, that was phenomenal at his job based upon the fact that he was slightly overweight. And I could see it on his face, just how deplorable it was for him. And one day I I was walking by and I saw him And I said, hey, come here. I was outside, you know, and he's like, what? Now I'm working at brigade level. He's down in the company level, which is like way down below. And I had just heard about this stuff, but I had known how well he was doing at work. And I talked to him. And I told him those things. I said, you know, if you want to stay in the Army, you love the Army. You're passionate about the Army. This is just a little thing to get over. You can do it. You got to believe in yourself. You can do it. If you wake up in the morning and you've got goals, then go after those goals. And he did. And he stayed. And he made it. And he got promoted. And he went on. And then later on, I don't know if he retired or not, but oh, my gosh. So one day I was watching, um, I was looking on Facebook. And he wrote a passage about there's angels among us. And he said that angels are put in people's lives to help guide them. And it was a very long passage that he had written, just written and posted it on Facebook. And I, I made a comment to him. I said, Oh, that's very beautiful. And he said, it was about me. Oh,
2: That's so sweet.
1: And, you know, it just, um, it made me realize that maybe my calling in life is to help encourage others to move forward and to get past those, those boundaries, those, those walls that they face that they think are insurmountable, that they can't get through. They can't barrel through that wall because, you know, other people are telling them they can't, but they can. And he did it. And I'm to this day, I'm so proud of him. And people have been placed in my life that they've done just the same sort of thing for me. Um, I've had people giving me words of encouragement. I've had people take me by the hand and say, go this direction. I'm like, okay, you know I'll go, you know, but um I think you can do just about anything you you want to do if you put your mind to it. I love that. Now that obviously doesn't it doesn't encompass everybody. I mean, if you have somebody with, you know, an issue or a challenge and they can't do something obviously, but but you know, the the thing is is that um only you is stopping you. Not the people around you that are negative Nancy's No. It's all in your head. That's very true. And
0: it's really, it's super easy for people to allow others to get in their head. And I don't know why. I mean. They're just echoing
2: self-doubt.
0: But I mean, they're they're so strong-willed about so much that I don't understand how someone else can put doubt in them. Like that's just that. It, and it's a mom that hurts because, mom
2: because the hurts. doubts already there, like mm-hmm. you're constantly, you're your own worst enemy. Of and then as soon as you hear somebody else audibly say your, your big fear that mm-hmm. you can't do that, or that's stupid to do, then it becomes even more real. And it just, it, it does the opposite nurtures that negative side. And you're like, Oh man, I knew it. And now they know it. What am I doing? I, this, this was a mistake.
0: I mean, I, I see it as we're all in this together, like no matter what, no matter what place you are in your life, the people that are with you, they're your support system and you're theirs. Like, just like when I was a manager at my job before this one, um, you know, I treated everybody like I couldn't do it without them. And I thanked them. And I was always so gracious that they came and they put in the work because It was, it is a team and it's like, we're, we are all in this together and the other ones might not say thank you, but every shift it was, thank you so much. And I just, I think people need to hear the good stuff more than the bad.
2: Well, that's, that's that thing where the difference between a leader and a boss, have you ever seen um, it's, it's like this little comic where it shows like the guy behind a bunch of people yelling, let's go, let's go. And then the leaders up front pulling, um, it, it's just, yeah. it's just the concept of it, but yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I, um, I don't know. I, I guess my thing is, is that you have one life to live. When I was a child, my dad took out a yardstick. He took out a yardstick and he laid it down and he said, imagine this is your life. Now, what are you 10? And I said, yeah. And he said, okay, you're at number 10 on that yardstick. This is how much life you have left to live. Maybe a little bit longer if you're lucky, maybe a little bit less. I don't know. But I still look at that yardstick and I'm going to be 50 next month, 50. And I look at people that are from Santa Rosa that haven't even left the county that I, I grew up in that work at, you know, the local store or whatever. And they think that's living. And I'm like, there's so much out there. And I, I have this, this thing of, I've got to accomplish as much as I can until I reached the end of that yardstick because then and only then, and I, I would, can say that I fulfilled my life. You know what I mean? Um, it's just the adventure in me. It's just the inspiration in me to do, be a part of something greater than myself. And get out there and be a part of somebody else's life. If I can just touch one person and make change their life. Oh my gosh. How rewarding is that? You know,
2: are you doing anything currently at that level? Like, are you doing like YouTube videos? Are you involved with any organizations? Um...
1: I'm, I'm honestly (laughs) not, no, believe it or not. I am not um, what I, what I actually do Part of one of my one of my many jobs, one of my many hats is I'm a Ghost City tour guide. <laughs> I work for Ghost City Tours and it's a great company. And um, I give tours and I am able to talk with the public and make jokes, but at the same time kind of add in a little something at the end of each each tour. Um, I got to a point where they had me as I went from being just a, a tour guide to being a corporate recruiter and then a corporate trainer. They like the way I I did all that. So now they kind of fly me around and, and have me to motivate others and train them to be guides and tell them they can do it because it's a, it's a lot to take on. You've, you've got to learn 20 something pages of script times two because there's two tours per city. (laughs) And it seems like a daunting task, but these people, I get an opportunity to talk with them and, and guide them and be like, you can do it. You can do it. And, um, and put him to the test and you know what they almost like 80% of them do really really well do really really well um I kind of got tired of traveling around a little bit so I told ghost city tours well I'm gonna you know kind of go away for a while they said they said no <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> they quit <they're> not allowed <laughs> so I'm still with them of course because it's just the best company um yeah it's a great company so but between that and writing, that takes up quite a bit of my time.
2: Oh, I'm sure. Um, I don't know, just talking to you, I, I I would have thought that you would be involved in some kind of um, like an outreach group for either um, you know, people coming out of the military um, that might have some of the struggles you did getting used to civilian life or even uh, I don't know how accessible they are because you're a civilian, but even people in the army that are having those same obstacles that you had without you there. Um, I don't know how that would work, but it just seems like that's what you're so passionate about and what you're clearly good at.
1: I would love to do that. They had a, they had a role. Actually, I should look into it. It's um, what's it called? Military family life coordinator where they have somebody who's like a retiree or, or previous army experience and they come back and they, they act as like a therapist in a sense. You don't have to be like, you know, licensed as a therapist, but you're kind of a mentor and you're hired on as a mentor. Um, and it's a support group. And I, that's something I, I think when my kids get a little bit older and they kind of leave the house, because right now I'm kind of, you know, really want to be home with them. Yeah, um, yeah. But once they're, they kind of fly away, then I will... Probably get into something that's involves where I can travel and I can talk and I can work with different groups and work with different people.
2: I think you'd be amazing at that.
0: Absolutely, a
1: hundred. love to do that. Mm-hmm.
2: And honestly, I I do think you'd be amazing too. Even if you did something um, from where you're sitting now, just YouTube videos, just about um, just inspirational videos about your your time and challenges, and uh, keep it vague or, or not up to you, but just stuff that you would experience. And I, I can imagine you would find a community so quickly of people that had similar experiences or that are going through those same experiences right now um, that you'd be able to help on such a grand scale.
1: That's such a great idea. You know, I'm going to do it. <laughs> uh, you absolutely <laughs>
2: should.
0: And let us know what it is so we can subscribe and we can listen and we can share. Yeah.
1: Okay. I mean even
2: non-military, everybody needs that extra support. And you're you're, you're very you're very genuine mm-hmm. in in your positivity because you'll get some people that are quote motivational speakers, and it's just it's that high octane garbage it's like no no no. you just have the energy you just have to to do it and it's like there, there's no real heart or soul behind it mm-hmm. but like talking to you and just seeing the way you light up talking about these things is just beautiful
0: it really is the oh, people, wow i mean even your description of the yardstick and its explanation and how that resonated with you i, I
2: so i hated that I, i'm actually traumatized by that now oh, When i wasn't there <laughs> because now imagine a yardstick and it's like oh geez that's uh I've wasted my life.
0: No. <laughs> no. It's
2: all over now. No, <laughs> I had the opposite effect.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> Make a bucket list and start checking up all the things you've already done.
2: Oh, I'm too young for a bucket list. It just gets worse. No, you're, not, you're never too, you're young. too
1: young for a bucket list. Oh my gosh. I wanted to climb Machu Picchu. Do you think I want to do that at 70? Heck no. I wanted to do that in my 30s and I did it. See, we have stuff save money. I mean, a girl can go buy, spend $300 on a purse, or you can save that money and buy a plane ticket to Peru. What's the difference? If the purse is going to get chewed up by the dog and worn out within a year or two, or the kids will be running around with it. It's hmm. melting in. never it. get over that memory of of Machu Picchu.
2: It's the accent, too. That bit of South coming out. It makes it even sound more um, down to earth and logical and... and- <laughs>
1: great
2: day it's like gosh she just makes so much
0: sense (laughs) but you do i you do make tons of sense like you're definitely putting me in a position where there's definitely more i want to do and
2: are you inspired
0: i am inspired i see it
2: in your eyes i
0: know what's (laughs) (laughs) up but i mean there's so many things that i want to do i want us to do as a unit as well and i mean what are we waiting for for a lot of it? Like
2: yeah. what? Thanks a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Thank you so much. No, <sighs> thank you so much. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, I was I was with you with the there's so much I we
1: damn. Yeah, yeah. See you in Machu Picchu next year. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Great. And I gotta look up. I can't even say it. I'm not even going to say it. I feel like I could, and then I'm like, nope, can't do it. Machu yeah. Picchu. Got it's
1: it. beautiful there. Oh my gosh. That, that's, that's an experience. See, I, I was stationed in Germany for a while as well and four years and I wasn't going to sit there and just kind of like spend my time. No, I was going to travel every weekend. We went somewhere. I brought the kids. I hired me and Annie and you know what? We went everywhere. We went everywhere together. We were going up the, the cliffs by Barcelona, by the beach. It's, it's like, that. I can't remember the name of the city, carrying the stroller because <laughs> I wanted to go out there and just see it. And my kids have seen Picasso. I'm telling you, I have a picture. I wasn't supposed to take it. Uh, we, <laughs> went, we, were, we went to go see the statue of David. Mm-hmm. And my son was in there. You're not allowed to take photos but I pretended I didn't know what the sign meant because it was written in Italian. And I took a picture of my son standing at the bottom of the statue of David. They came over and they were waving their hands and talking to me. I'm like, I don't Sprecky. No, Italiano. No. Sprecky. leaning <laughs> Tower of Pisa. I think my favorite trip was Lithuania. Really? Yes. So there was this girl. Oh my gosh. She was the Army's got a program where you can be like an exchange officer, maybe exchange, exchange soldier. So they would come to some of our training and we would go to some of theirs. So I met a girl and I became her sponsor. She was from Lithuania. She was a major in the Lithuanian Army. Her name was Rasa. And she was just a beautiful soul. And when she went back home, she, she invited me to come visit her. And I said, I will. And she said, no, you're not. <laughs> that was a challenge so when I got over there that was one of the first things I did and she took me home to a little town called Pagare and um I got to meet her family we were all waving hands and trying to do sign language because we didn't understand each other but um (laughs) it was just the salt of the earth amazing people they lived on a farm I got to drive the tractor and then they were chasing me it was great (laughs) I don't know but come back (laughs) <laughs> that's exactly what happened. But now I've been to some great places that I, I look back and it's surreal. I'm like, wow, I've got a whole photo album or 10 of these memories, you know, now, did, did the kids enjoy the, the army life? They didn't know any different because they were born into it. Mm-hmm. They didn't know any different. What they did know was that um, we moved a lot. Mm-hmm. And that was always challenging. And that can be tra- traumatizing on a child you know, uprooting and moving and losing your friends. And I remember um my daughter's best friend, um, how much she missed her when we moved from Georgia to Alabama. And she just one day she just told me and she just broke down. And it
0: oh.
1: it hurt. It really, really hurt. Mm-hmm. But um now we're pretty stable. We're gonna stay here and in Texas. And um yeah, it's great living.
2: Were you and your ex-husband fortunate enough to constantly be stationed at the same places or were there times where um you'd be in separate places and one would have to decide where the kids were going
1: um no we were always together which was very very lucky for us um outside of deployment um it was a thing where he was a pilot and I met him when I was a mechanic. So, you know, the pilot and mechanic story. Tale
2: as old as time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but we got married and I was in HR. So I could really go to any unit. So we would fight to go to um, units, to get stationed at units together. And just be like, you know, in the same close proximity of each other. And there was even one time when we tried to go down to Fort Hood, Texas. And we both got assigned to the aviation brigade and the anticipation was we could deploy together and we would have our kids being taken care of by a family member. Um, but it didn't happen because the brigade commander said, Oh, I don't believe in splitting up families. He was such a great guy. And he said, no, you're staying back. And um, I was a little angry at first. Cause I'm like, Oh, I got to deploy though because I got to be like everybody else. But then I I got over that and I realized he really did me a favor. And um I stayed home with my kids. And so they've never they've never been without a parent.
2: That's awesome. Always. It
1: really is. Yeah. Cause that would be really challenging and difficult for them. So yeah.
2: Very cool.
0: Yeah. Makes me all squishy. Like I love uh-huh. that. I, I do. I think that's so just sweet. I can't imagine like. My closest thing to the military has been like watching the show Army Wives. And even oh, no. that, it's like, oh my God, <laughs> I don't even know if this is oh, half no. real, but this is like just tragic. And I just, I don't know. Like, it's just, to me, it's crazy because it's like, oh, you're my friends. never mind, bye, we have to go. And then all of a sudden it's like whole new set of like everything else happens. And
1: it's just, it's rotating. Yeah. And I will say though, that, you know, the army spouses go through a lot and um, I'm eternally grateful to them because we couldn't do, like if you're in a family where only one person is in the military and you have children and whatnot, they couldn't do what they did without the spouses. Simple somebody to run the household, somebody to, you know, to be there mm-hmm. supportive. Um They go off on a deployment and who's going to take care of the kids Well, they're home with mom or dad, you know, and they sacrifice quite a bit because a lot of them want to be professionals and they want to be, I don't know, a nurse or an RN, for example, it's hard to find a job and then you're uprooting. And just as you got your, you know, your tenure at this one place, and then all of a sudden you've got to do it all over again, somewhere new. And, um, some of these places they send them are very austere, um, very remote, like Fort Irwin, California. It's like 40 miles from the nearest city. Oh, wow. It's a tiny, tiny, tiny base. You got a PX and the gas station. I think they have a Burger King. It's <laughs> <laughs> a movie theater, but, um,
2: set for life.
1: <laughs> it's difficult to do anything on an installation that small and not know everyone's business. And um, that's, that's one of the challenges they face is that, you know, there's people are bored and they start getting to know what's going on around them and who's doing what and whatever. And it turns into like this big family affair. Everybody, everybody else.
2: It's interesting. Cause you said earlier that, um, you know, so many of the movies and content do focus around wartime. And when you said that, it, I just had this vision of like the office, but army style, um <laughs> just because be
1: awesome.
2: just because um you're right you never yeah it was me again oh man um, and that's two in a row Two. <laughs> um but you do you never see that really that side of the military mm-hmm. and then hearing that about when you're on such a small base and everybody knows everybody and I imagine it becomes gossipy and drama ridden it really is sounds just like a normal office environment
1: yeah Fatigues yeah. or metals. Yeah. And then you got to go out to the field and yeah. <laughs> Roll around for a while. Um, yeah. It, it, the one thing about military spouses is that they really bond together. They have something called the family support groups and um, they have a, a, a person who's actually a civilian that works in a unit. And she or he represents the family support group. And it's, it's a way to help bring the family in to what their spouses are doing and keep them informed, um, support each other. So, yeah, it could get gossipy, like you mentioned, but at the same time, it could be your biggest cheerleaders, yeah. um, bigger, mm-hmm. biggest supporters. Is just other military spouses because they know what you're going through. They know it. That's crazy.
0: Well, I mean, my my cousin Amy, she's actually, her husband is in the military.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: He's been in it forever. And I mean. I,
2: is he a general, major, general? I know he just got promoted. I don't remember. Colonel. Got- I feel like, I don't know. It's something. We're bad. We were, we're very bad. happy for him when he got promoted.
0: Yes. Yay.
2: But,
0: <laughs> yeah. And, my, um, and also my cousin Rhonda, she retired from the military as well. I mean, she loved it. I mean, I feel like it's not for everybody, but the people it's for just thrive there and they just enjoy it. And I mean, she really I love that she was definitely in it and loved it. I mean, Amy has gotten to travel with the kids. I mean, they were in Hawaii for a stint for how long was that? Was it just a year or two ago they moved back to the States? They're
2: always moving. I have no idea. It does.
0: It feels like they're always moving, but it's like, I mean,
2: but they were in Korea for a while, too, right?
0: In Germany. Yeah. Like, I mean, like they I mean, you get to see the world and I mean, travelers. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the kids get to like, I couldn't imagine being the age of like her kids. And it's like, oh, well, I've been here and I've been there and I've been here. I've been to New York. I've been to Canada. That's it. Oh, well, I mean, I've been to Cal. I mean, I've been to like other
1: states, but I mean, as far as like other countries being places places is amazing i'll say that it's very rewarding it's it's very beautiful there's so much to see you get to experience a different culture you get to experience a different you know environment but um you don't need to necessarily travel to be a happy person yeah to feel like you've achieved something
0: it's very um
1: you can find that down the street you can find that at the store you can find that you know when you wake up in the morning um, I, I'm sure you've had plenty of experiences with New York and Canada that you could tell us about.
0: <laughs> We've had a couple experiences.
1: We've had
2: some experiences.
0: We've had some experiences. Oh,
2: then you've got my grandmother, who's just this world traveler. So I'll just steal some of hers.
0: Oh, hers yeah. are better than ours. Hers are better than ours combined.
2: Mm-hmm. She was a military wife.
1: Mm-hmm. Was she?
2: yeah my grandfather was a pilot in the air force in the 50s went to france met my grandmother they had my father uh in 54 he was born he came over to new york at three then he was an mp in the army in the mid 70s i think and then he was in italy um was in italy for a couple years and then left the army <laughs>
0: left. and then so i
2: would have been third generation and decided no <laughs> pass
1: that's okay it's not for everybody i'm i'm also third generation um but i'm the first woman to join the military first one to, to get a college degree um in the military so amazing. congratulations that's amazing. It's just something that you know. Maybe I toot my horn a little bit too much, but no, those um, are no he, those things. are
2: amazing. Because I know my grandfather was an officer because he went to NYU, mm-hmm. but my dad didn't go to college, so he was not an officer. He's but telling you me know, stories, and I forget most of them. The Aaron,
1: so they um they were so deeply rooted in the art world that they, there's no no college could teach them a thing. It was all hands on, and what they learned through life experiences and actually doing mm-hmm. um, what they were doing and then to take that knowledge and to pass it on to me and my brother. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like I laugh because when you look at film, a lot of people are like, Oh, I got to go to film school. You know, I gotta, I gotta learn how to do this through school. Everything that I know about film. I learned on set. I learned because someone showed me, Someone <laughs> spent time, took time out of their day to show me how to do it. Um, I actually, I have the GI bill. So I said, well, hmm, I got to use it up by such and such time. So let me go to film school. So I'm actually <laughs> in film school at full sale, but, um, but so far there's really not a whole lot that they've taught me that, um, that I didn't already know just from having done it already done my experiences. So. Um, But I will say that my parents were incredible and are incredible. And um, yeah, they just very artistic individuals.
2: Very cool. Um, Quick, quick segue, a couple quick congratulations. Mm -hmm. Number one, John Rodriguez uh, just graduated, got his master's at Syracuse University Mm -hmm. Film School. Um, I want to say Newhouse, but I don't know if it's Newhouse, so I'm just going to say Syracuse University. Okay, I would, I think. John, I, I apologize, and our favorite Arizonian, yes, uh, Jessica, my brother's girlfriend, just graduated from
0: John Hopkins. Johns Hopkins
2: Ooh, yeah. um, with her master's in <laughs> engineering. <laughs> I'm going to keep it loose because she's again told me a million times and I forget. I I call her a rocket scientist because she's she is. pretty much a she rocket is. scientist. So congratulations to both of them um, for sure. Because Absolutely. that's amazing.
0: Yes. Now do, do your kids do any of them, like your older ones, especially, or even the younger ones, do they, do you find that they want to go into the army themselves? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's like you followed your father's footsteps. It's, yeah.
1: so uh, it's like- actually, as of right now, no, really, no. And it's, it's kind of funny, but I'm like, okay with it. Um, yeah. I want them to do what I want them to pursue their own passions in their own lives. Um, my, my daughter, for example, she, she's amazing. And she really wants to get into fashion design. Oh, That's nice. not something you're gonna find in the military, you know. No, so no. She's um, she's a TikTok creator. She does a lot of TikToks, and there's a lot of um, her own costuming and designing. And she's got a fashion show coming up next Tuesday. So oh, she's only sixteen. I love
0: that, though. That's amazing. Project yeah. Runway Junior, like do it <laughs> <Yes>. up. <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yes, she can take anything and make anything out of it. So
0: that comes in handy,
1: I bet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she comes home with clothes she's made at school. And I'm like, can you make me one? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love that to another. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's very talented. So yeah.
2: That's such a great attitude. Just wanting them knowing that you've you've given them tools to make the best decisions they can and then just encouraging them to follow their passions. I love that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean I you don't want anybody I'm sorry, what? I just think that's important because if you, if you have a job, you're doing something that you're passionate about. It's not really a job. It's, it's fun. 100%.
0: You no, know?
1: it's like doing a hobby. So that's why I do the film stuff and write and everything else. Cause it's just something that I love to do. And I want them to have that same experience. Um, college is important. I do want to encourage them to go to college. hmm It is something that, you know, I think that everyone should kind of experience at some point in their life. Um, But I want them to pursue what they want, what they're passionate about. So I'm not going saying you're going to be a businessman. (laughs) 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 You know, they'll, they'll find their way. They'll find their feet and they'll, they'll find their path. You sound like
0: such a great mom. Like they're so lucky to have you. Oh
1: and God, so, well, let me bring them down here and they can tell you something different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, mom to mom, I'm saying like you rock. That's such a great attitude. I mean, it's so hard because a lot of parents just have these expectations and they don't want their kids to do certain things. They expect them to be a certain way rather than who they are and encouraging it and embracing it. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's great. That they have you as a role model, and all you've accomplished and all that you are
1: still accomplishing, i mean they're the watching they think you. that's normal they think they think our lives are normal, they think like moving a lot is normal, they think mm-hmm. being in the military was just normal, and it's it's that sense of normalcy that they have that they don't i think they don't recognize is different than the average citizen um so i it's kind of like saying they don't know what they got. <laughs> percent. You know, but that's okay that's okay i love that i do too
2: so as we come to the end okay where can people find you to stay up to date on projects you're working on or get some great inspiration
1: Okay, so I'm having my webpage built um, currently, but I'm on IMDB. It has all my projects and everything I've worked on on there. Okay. Um, I'm on Facebook and all the social media platforms under Christy Crandall. Can be my friend.
2: <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> well, we, it. Are, we are glad that we've gotten the chance to become your friends and we're definitely going to be looking 100%. out for your YouTube channel that you definitely should have had like six months ago. That was all Peter. That was Peter's that said it. Um, I'm a green. I'm patting you on the back. That was a really good. It's a great call. A great asterisk. Extra.
2: No, asterisk. Forget YouTube. Have your daughter help you do <gasps> TikTok. Do TikToks.
0: Oh my gosh. Yes.
2: TikToks, couple minutes, daily motivation. Christy, you'll you, blow up 100%.
1: I got to figure out TikTok. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's why. Wait, that's why you had the children. <laughs> they can teach me. Have you use to promote? Okay, look, I've said it before. My younger son, he's like very techy, and it's like if I call him, it's like I don't know why this isn't working. hell mom, and I'm like, I had to teach you how to use a spoon once. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> got me some slack. A spoon, exactly. Like, you know. What I mean? <laughs> sorry Owen
2: (laughs) she's gonna do it she'll do like one or two and be like oh look here's three people four people have viewed it this one's got 9,000 like it's your messaging and your personality I I can't suggest enough absolutely do TikToks
0: and when it catches it's gonna catch like wildfire and I definitely want us to be like right there with you when it does
2: absolutely you will be
0: because you yeah. really have such a positive, positive outlook. Your energy is just so good.
2: Again, no, genuine. You. Just yes, very genuine.
0: Absolutely. I and we've absolutely that. loved speaking with you. And I hope that everybody goes to find Christy Crandall on Facebook. i the out one with the red, red hair. Yes, yeah, great. <laughs> That's a great picture too. I mean, and let me just say, almost 50, you
1: look fabulous. Thank you. Fabulous. I did
2: not think 50 at all. Or Four 50. kids.
1: Fabulous. Like, holy oh, cow. You. It's because I'm laughing all the time, you know. That's I don't good. have any like, frown lines. <laughs> I love that. See,
0: everybody take her advice. Laugh more, frown less. You're going to look fabulous with four kids at 50 if you have four kids. If you don't. and You, you have can still look or more, fabulous
2: with less. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like, you don't have to have any kids to look fabulous at 50, but Christy does. So.
2: Are you, are you finished?
0: I don't know. I'm never really <laughs> finished. I keep going. You know that we sometimes have to cut me off.
2: <laughs> well. Oh, I don't do oh, that part. Do you want? I, I, I don't do that part.
0: You don't. He doesn't do that part. He doesn't do the intro. He doesn't do the exit.
2: It's with Michelle and Peter for a reason.
0: Mm. Well. On that note, friends, we are going to wrap for the evening and we will talk to all of you next week. Thank you for joining us. Have a great night.